0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist. From the White House to war zones. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
1: Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away.
0: Breaking news.
2: And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, some very... Sad news coming from the world of journalism. Legendary journalist Barbara Walters has died at the age of 93. She has been in failing health of late, and reportedly the word just came down that she has passed away. Think about all the barriers she broke in her 50-plus years career, becoming the first woman ever to host NBC's Today Show after more than a decade at the network. Then she had what was the biggest deal at the time, a $1 million contract with ABC. That was in 1976. Uh, She got four Emmys, a Lifetime Achievement Award, and interviewed, by the way, every president since Richard Nixon, with the exception of Donald Trump. Uh, Again, Barbara Walters, uh, someone that I had the honor to meet many times, and someone who was always very kind and gracious to me uh, as a young journalist in the field, always very embracing, always very encouraging, and just somebody who was always appreciative of uh, people breaking stories, no matter the age and no matter the experience, and someone who really broke barriers in the world of journalism, Barbara Walters, passing away in the word just coming down just a few minutes ago at the age of ninety. Three, And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with her family uh, and especially her daughter, of course, tonight. Uh, we are talking about this huge, huge break in the case of the Idaho murders. And I want to hear your thoughts, everybody, in terms of how you think they finally broke this case. There are still so many unanswered questions. This is of the case of the four Idaho students and suddenly kind of out of nowhere, everybody thought, okay, the case has grown cold and that probably maybe might not never be solved. I mean, they just seem like the Keystone cops too. You know, the way that they were talking about the fact that maybe they didn't secure the crime scene enough, didn't do certain things. And then lo and behold, they make a very serious arrest and it took place in the wee hours of the morning, and the guy that they arrested, there's so many questions about this case. Uh, the guy was studying criminology. That's kind of interesting. I mean, what a weird thing. The guy was entrenched in the criminal mind. It's almost like a scene out of a movie. And so what was he, recounting it, if indeed they have the right guy? If you look at him, he's got this sort of like generic stare. It's kind of creepy if you look at even his mugshot from this morning. There doesn't appear to be any criminal history in the guy, but there appears to be a lot of really wacky behavior. Uh, new reports say that at one point he used to be really passive and he was kind of overweight when he was in high school. Then he lost weight and became this wildly aggressive guy who was kind of looking to pick a fight with everybody. When he was busted, by the way, this is wild. Re- uh, it's been reported that when he was arrested, that he said to police, am I the only one who's been arrested so far? So is that just his crazy criminal mind working? Or is he basically saying that there were other people that were involved that were either on the lookout or a part of the crime? He has now been charged with four counts of first-degree murder and also one count of felony burglary with the intent to go in and burglarize and kill um So they clearly believe that there's some premeditation here. Idaho is a death penalty state. So if there's any case that warrants a death penalty, this better be it. I mean, if you think about the brutal nature of going in and attacking these four students in the middle of the night, suddenly people coming in in the middle of the night into this home, one person or multiple people coming in, attacking These young people while they slept and they came out today, the authorities saying that there were defensive moves also, that they were wounds, showed that they put up some sort of a struggle, at least some of them. So do you think, A, they have the right guy? Do you think there might be more than him? Why do you think he made that statement and made the comment of, you know, are there other people arrested, too? Is he just kind of throwing a red herring? To law enforcement, or do you think there were more people involved? There's a lot of questions on this case. And what's so wild, too, in this particular case, too, this guy also was driving, apparently, that white Hyundai Elantra. And if this guy is someone who's studying criminology and supposedly somebody who is, you know, shrewd and is aware of all these different things... And as somebody who's trying to get into the criminal mind, if you will, and he was going to school apparently about 15 minutes away from the University of Idaho, that crime scene where the rental was, he was going for a Ph.D. in criminal justice at University of Washington in Pullman, which is right next door. So it's like they said it's about 10 miles, about a 15 minute drive right in the area. But yet he was home at his parents' house in Pennsylvania, 2,500 miles away, when they busted him. So maybe was he just home for the holidays? That's a possibility. What was he doing with that white Hyundai Electra? We all knew that Elantra, that apparently that car, there was an APB out for that type of car. They found one in Oregon. It turned out not to be connected. There was some homeless guy sleeping in that, and then they excluded it. But they've been saying for the last, like, week or two that they've been looking for that kind of a car. So if you were tied to the killing, wouldn't you try to get rid of the car? I mean, it's just odd that he still apparently had the car. Or does that just show uh, that he's so brazen that he thinks he can get away with it? If you're inside that crazy criminal mind, maybe he thinks he can kind of get away with it, that he's gone under the radar, the case is going to go cold, they'll never figure him out, he's too smart – For law enforcement, maybe in his mind, he thinks, you know, I mean, I've covered a lot of cases. You guys, as many of you know, I filled in for a long time for Nancy Grace uh, on Nancy Grace's show, probably the top crime show in the country. I've probably covered hundreds of these kind of cases. And this guy certainly fits the criteria. If you look at him, you look at his background, you look at his mindset and you look at just what we're hearing now about the guy. Here is the word of the arrest.
3: Last night, in conjunction with the Pennsylvania State Police, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, detectives arrested 28-year-old Brian Christopher Kohlberger in Albrightsville, Pennsylvania, on a warrant for murders of Ethan, Zena, Madison, and Kaylee.
2: And then the chief, Chief James Fry, who said he couldn't reveal too many details because under Idaho law, they can't until the person's been technically arrested in their state. He's in Pennsylvania. The guy will either fight extradition or waive extradition, and then we'll find out. But here's what the chief shared.
3: On the evening of November 12th, Kaylee and Madison arrived home at about 1.56 a.m., after visiting a local bar and street food vendor. Ethan and Zanna were at the Sigma Chi house before arriving home around 1.45 a.m. The two surviving roommates had also been in the community but returned around 1 a.m. On the morning of November 13th, a 911 call was made at 11.58 a.m. reporting an unconscious person at the residence. The call came in, call came from inside the home from one of the surviving roommate's cell phones. Moscow police responded and found two victims on the second floor and two victims on the third floor. On November 17th, autopsies were conducted and the Latak County Coroner confirmed the identity of the four victims. The cause and manner of death was homicide by stabbing. Some had defensive wounds, and each had multiple, um, each had been stabbed multiple times.
2: And you just heard defensive wounds confirming that they put up some sort of a struggle. Now, we never heard that there was more than one weapon used, but they haven't located that. So there's a lot of questions tonight. First off, here he is talking about that car, uh, that Hyundai Elantra. Take a listen to this exchange.
3: More about the Elantra, we saw reports that you, you mentioned that you recovered an Elantra, but can you specify where that was found? And uh, we know that that was one of the biggest pieces of information you were asking from the public to tip. Um, were you able to provide a, an information on whether those tips led to this uh, seizure of an Elantra? That's still part of the um, investigation that will come out um, in the future.
2: So he would not say all the details, but he did say they found an Elantra, and multiple reports are that it was A white Hyundai Elantra, like they have been looking for. So, you know, they're scouring that car for any fibers, DNA, whatever they can find. Also, the different apartments, the home where he was with his parents, also his apartment now is being scoured at the University of Washington. And then he was also asked the chief about the murder weapon. They said it was sort of like a Rambo style knife. And as far as we have heard, All the victims, they believe, were killed with the same knife. Uh, But the chief confirmed they haven't found the weapon. Take a listen.
3: Have you guys found the murder weapon or the uh, Hyundai Elantra? So we are still looking for um, all pieces of evidence, um, but we are still looking for the the weapon. Um, And I will say that uh, we have found an Elantra.
2: We have found an Elantra. We haven't found the weapon yet. And they are scouring feverishly at this time. So do you think, based on the information we've heard so far, that this guy knew the victims? Do you think also that he maybe knew the house? It's interesting because, sadly, uh, the people that were killed, they were the second floor and those on the third floor. But the ones on the bottom were unscathed. How did he get in the house? Was he casing it out for a while? We also know that this guy was Looney Kazuni um in the sense that uh he's a vegan. not that that's Looney Kazuni because I know friends who are vegan. I'm not a vegan, but I know friends who are. but he was so looney Kazuni that apparently he told his parents that they had to get rid of all their pots and pans because there could be some trace of meat on the pots and pans, even though they had been dishwashed. So he made them throw out all these pots and pans and buy a whole new set of pots and pans. Um, so he's kind of OCDC, if you will. you know, OCD, if you will. Uh, very, like, kind of, uh, you know, perfect, uh, meticulous, one of those kind of crazy characters. So that doesn't explain why he still had the car. There's so many kind of unanswered questions at this point. He was also on the social media, uh, Reddit, basically taking surveys of people and also of those who've committed crimes in the past, asking why they did certain crimes, wanting to find out their thoughts and feelings about their experience, trying to really get into the criminal mind. So was this some sort of weird, bizarre? Experiment turned crime. I mean, this is just this is just wild. What do you think is behind this case? And do you think he knew the victims? um Let's go real quick to Susan, line one. Susan, your thoughts.
4: Oh, first, I'm so glad you brought up Barbara Walters. They broke them all. She was just fantastic as you know, a person. Uh, newsperson, a journalist and you know we'll we'll circle back with i hope talking about her more
2: absolutely and by the way susan i was so heartbroken when i heard that i knew that she had not been in great health for a while but but you know she had you know she was like you know ageless and and such a an amazing tireless journalist i have such a, i'm sad to hear the news I think
4: a lot of women of all walks of life, you know, really looked up to her. She, you know, just had so many great qualities. But this case that you are speaking about just gives me chills because I feel like, first of all, um, just that we see now how, how mobile criminals are. And, um, you know, he's probably in some the little town in uh, Pennsylvania. Okay, now, it's, now we find out where his parents were. But, you know, most people in these little towns think that they're safe. But these criminals are, you know, they're everywhere at all different types of them. So people really have to, I mean, a lot of these people don't even lock their doors. They all oh, live here and there and never happen. But home invasions. And I'm just going to, what I really want to know about him is if what kind of um, uh, so-called medications or drugs,
2: because he seems like he was very psychotic. That's a great question. You know, we don't know that yet, of course, if he had like any medication, drug history, uh, mental illness. Clearly, he's deranged uh, to do what he did. But was there something, you know, where he was seeing a psychologist uh, clearly, he had this, I was talking about this report that just came out in the high school where apparently he was, uh out, I guess he used to be very passive and overweight. And then he suddenly took up boxing, they said, and he became super aggressive, according to a high school former friend, and was trying to pick a fight with everybody and was like super skinny, super aggressive, um just, uh, a got into sort of like had this terrible attitude suddenly. He said it just changed one night over summer. And, uh, now we're trying to figure out again, uh, was there DNA that match? We don't know. Um, there probably was some sort of, I would imagine what we're hearing is that there was probably DNA. Sadly, there's a lot of DNA. It sounds like because it was a very brutal crime scene in that home. And then they could eliminate who were the roommates who obviously uh, were sadly the individuals, the other roommates that were killed, and what was sort of the foreign DNA, and you put it through a system and you track it down. But we don't know. I haven't seen anything at this point about medication and drugs, but you're right. Um, There may be something like that. He also has a public defender. Let's see. Maybe they're going to try to plead insanity or do something like that. But, uh, boy, it is just – it is it is so, so shocking Susan, thanks so much for the call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. What are your questions tonight about this Idaho murder case? It is absolutely shocking. And do you think if there's ever a case for the death penalty, boy, this is it. And also, why was this guy who seemed to be very, like, anal retentive, you know, OCD, very much somebody who was like, um, you know, uh, had to get rid of his parents' pots and pans because he turned vegan, um, very meticulous, that kind of a personality. What was he doing driving around in the car that likely is the car that authorities were looking for, that they show on surveillance video was outside a gas station the night of the killing? And there was an APB out for this. I mean, everybody knew that they're looking for this white Hyundai Elantra, and yet they pulled a white Honda, Honda Elantra, was it? Maybe what the parents would look for the car if he got rid of it and thought there's something odd. Um, It's just there's something that's odd about this. And he also said when he got pulled over, were other people arrested? Do you think he knew the people? What do you think was the motive? So many unanswered questions tonight. 1-800-848-9222.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: Marshall Crenshaw here on the Rita Cosby show on this Friday night. And I am so happy for the community there in Moscow, Idaho, that there has been an arrest. It was one of those cases where you thought maybe nobody will ever get arrested. What do you make of the fact that this guy, this 28 year old PhD student who is studying criminology and the criminal mind is the guy who's now behind bars charged? with four counts of first-degree murder uh, versus second-degree. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, for first-degree, you have to show intent that it was premeditated and also depraved indifference. That's a lot harder to prove. You've got to prove that he went in with the intent to kill. So you got to really get inside the mind and have evidence to show that. Should they have gone for the lesser offense Or is this the case? Throw the book at the guy. Maybe it gives you an avenue to plead down, or maybe you can stick it. Maybe they have clear evidence that shows he was casing the place, went in with an intent. To me, it shows, I think, that they think they have him every which way but Sunday. But let's see. What are your thoughts? Do you think going for the highest count was the way to go? And what do you think was the motive? Do you think he knew the victims? We still don't know that yet. And remember, they said it was a targeted killing. Then they changed their mind. It was like all over the place. Well, this is what Judge Janine has to say about this guy, because she said he's clearly nuts, but can't use that as an excuse. The guy is clearly a sociopath. And by that, I don't mean to suggest in any way that he is sane. He is
5: clearly sane. And for anyone who's listening, he's not going to get away with any kind of mental uh,
6: uh, insanity.
2: Yeah, and he better not. Let's go to Jerry on line one. The number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Go ahead, Jerry. I'm going to make
7: two comparisons. I believe this guy has done it several times before and's gotten away with it. It's similar to Ted Bundy, and to use something recent, not quite the same, but yet, yet it is the same. He's never been told no in his life. In other words, he's perfect, just like the guy that with the thirty or forty billion dollars swindle. The same type of mentality that they can do no wrong. And their parents, their parents never discipline. If you look at them and you see, there's nothing but coldness in the face and darkness in the eyes.
2: That's a great point because you're right. His eyes are so dark and so dreary and scary.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Zion, Illinois, where a police detective was recently honored for saving the life of a 13-year-old girl who was in crisis and threatening to jump from a bridge. The police department responded in early December to a call of a suicidal person on a pedestrian bridge. Officer Eric Gonzalez encountered a 13-year-old female who was in mental crisis. The juvenile began to climb the guardrail on the bridge and intended to jump. It would have likely resulted in severe physical injuries or possible death. Officer Gonzalez acted immediately as he ran across the bridge to the girl, pulling her down from the rail as she was climbing. He held her and he comforted her until she was calm enough to walk on her own to the ambulance for transport to the hospital. And the mayor of Zion, Illinois, presented Detective Gonzalez this week with a life-saving award for this event, saying, quote, "...in the case of all departmental awards, it is important to note that the officers did not do these things for glory, recognition, or notoriety. They do it because they believe in helping and protecting and in duty." And thank goodness that Officer Gonzalez was nearby and saved this young woman's life. Well, we are talking about the big news, of course, and arrest this guy, 28-year-old Brian Koberger, who's a criminology student, uh, who was busted in the murders of those four Idaho students. Uh, Precious students, these young people who it looks like they were killed, stabbed to death in their sleep. And so many questions tonight, and especially if you look at this guy, he clearly was trying to get into the criminal mind. He was studying it. He was a Ph.D. student. Um, He also went to school in Pennsylvania also earlier. But at the time, he was studying and was only about 15 minutes away from the University of Idaho. And we're hearing that he had this sort of aggressive behavior, sort of passive-aggressive behavior, was incredibly, like, kind of meticulous Seemed detached. Um, some of the prior teachers are even saying he studied under a famed criminologist also in one of his classes. And that criminologist said that this guy seemed awfully detached in class. Um, and then we're also hearing that he was on Reddit and basically they're kind of soliciting in a post uh, basically saying research participation needed, seeking out people who had recently committed a crime for a research project, focusing on criminals' thoughts and feelings throughout your experience. Like, what was he doing kind of putting out the feelers uh, on this Reddit post, basically asking for criminals, what was it like when you committed the crime? Was that him planning his own crime? Um, and by the way, do you think he's going to stay and in pennsylvania where his parents are or do you think he will waive extradition and come back to idaho you know there'll be a question of can he get a fair trial in idaho everybody in the country knows about this case it's consumed the country it's been so horrific but especially no more so uh than in moscow idaho where it has just devastated that entire community. Last time they had a, a murder there was 2015. It's a normally very peaceful community. And suddenly four students killed. So can he get a fair trial? Do you think he will try to stay in Pennsylvania? I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe fights extradition and wants to stay there because his parents apparently are in there, that area in Pennsylvania, 2,500 miles away from the crime scene, and he was busted uh, at 3 in the morning at his parents' home. So he may want to stay closer to his parents if he needs – apparently he's got a public defender. So maybe they don't have a lot of money. Uh So maybe he wants to stay near Mama and Daddy, who he may throw out the pans because he's a kooky vegan. But the kooky vegan part, not vegan. I applaud people who are vegan. I think that's pretty amazing. I'm not one. I don't have that much self-control. But the vegans – this guy is such a loony kazoony vegan that apparently he was telling his parents to throw out the pots and pans – because at one point they touched me maybe even months or years ago. So we made them buy a whole bunch. So this guy's clearly like a, a anal retentive, I call it, that kind of personality. But we don't know what caused this. Why did he kill? Apparently, according to this, you know, charging document, why was he arrested for four murders? What drove him to do this? What was the motive? Did it have to do with his criminal studies? Um, Or was there something else? Did he know any of the victims? We don't know that yet. We won't know until he's, quote, technically arrested in Idaho. Under Idaho state law, they cannot release it until he's technically in Idaho. And that might be whether he waives extradition. could be a few days. If he fights it, it could be a few weeks that he actually ends up. So we may not know anything until then. Here is the Moscow, Idaho police chief. At the press conference, when he was asked about the motive, take a listen.
3: Chief,
7: have you identified a motive?
3: That's part of the investigation, and that will um, come out as we continue the investigation. But what we still ask is is for people to continually send us things in the tip um, line. We are still looking for more information. We're still trying to build that picture, just like we have stated all along. Um, We're putting all the pieces together, and that will help.
2: And they clearly want more information because during this press conference when they announced the arrest of this guy, they also put out a public plea to give more tips to try to put the pieces together. So there's clearly some holes. Take a listen.
8: You all now know the name of the person who has been charged with these offenses. Please get that information out there. Please ask the public, anyone who knows about this individual, to come forward call the tip line, report anything you know about him to help the investigators and eventually our office and the court system understand fully everything there is to know about not only the individual, but what happened and why.
2: Yeah, we need to know why. Uh, This is Lawrence Jones, by the way, one of the hosts there on uh, Fox News with Joe Concha. And they were talking today because this guy, when he was arrested, he said, did anybody else get arrested? It was kind of interesting, and it opened the door. Were there more than one killer potentially involved? Take a listen to how they analyze it. But now we have a face of the person that did this, people
0: who interacted with him over the, the weeks lead, in the days leading up to this uh, this crime, this horrific crime. Do you think that's going to be critical in this investigation. Oh, it must. But you see what we're seeing here from the police. They are
9: being very, very close to the vest here in terms of what they have and what may still be out there. I'm with you, Jimmy. If if my kid was at the University of Idaho and lived off campus, I wouldn't have 100 percent confidence that they're completely safe right now because it would have just been an outright denial that there may be another suspect.
2: There may be another suspect. Now, when police were asked about it, he said, you know, obviously everybody's still be on the lookout, but we feel we have our guy. And again, as far as we know, there was only one murder weapon, this knife. It's not like you pass the murder weapon between people. So, you know, you would imagine if it's all consistent. But there could be some, maybe somebody was a lookout. Maybe somebody was driving the car. There could be somebody who played some sort of accessory or maybe that's a red herring by this guy. Who knows? What do you think, guys? 1-800-848-9222. one 800 848 Regardless, uh, the father of one of the murder victims, Stephen Gonzalez, he's been probably the most vocal. He's the father of Casey Gonzalez, And this is how he described learning that this man has been arrested.
10: To me, family, it feels like the first joy that we've had in seven days, because it really is. Uh, you, know, you can't even smile when you have this over your head and uh feels like a little bit of weight has been relieved, and things are on the right track and we're moving in the right direction.
2: So why do you think this guy did it? Why do you think he took four precious lives and has evaded authority for almost seven weeks because he's a criminology student, because he planned it? Where do you see this headed? one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 848 two, two. Uh, Let's go to David, line three. David, your thoughts about this?
5: Yes. Good evening, Rita. Um, As you may recall, I'm totally blind, but I used to um, listen to a lot of these true crime programs like Forensic Files. And I think there's a few things that stand out in the description that you gave. The personality change that happened in high school and with, with the weight loss to me indicates possible steroid use which could be the, you know, because they said he became very rageful and and short-tempered. That sounds like steroids, possibly. I also think we'll find out that this person may have never even had a girlfriend and currently hasn't been seeing anybody probably for years. Um, Like a loner. A loner, you mean. Exactly. I, I think we'll find that out. I think it's also likely that this person was looking for victims. And I think two of the people had been at a bar earlier in the evening and also stopped at a taco truck or something. I think this was a random act, but this person was probably planning um, this type of murder for a while, which is why they charged first degree. Um, You know, I have a lot of questions because we don't know a lot right now. Yeah, we don't. The FBI uh, was working on this case as well, so they may have had a big part in this because I think the Moscow police were out of their league just from the way they handled it um, extremely poorly in the beginning. I'm sure you recall when it first happened, they told the people in the community, oh, it was a limited, targeted thing. We, you have nothing to worry about. And then they changed their mind like a day later. Yeah, they made so- it sound
2: like it was targeted and then it wasn't targeted. Um, but you're absolutely right, David. There are so many unanswered questions. I agree. I think he's going to turn out to be this loner guy. Uh, we haven't heard anything about a girlfriend or anything like that. Um, we don't know about the steroids because usually that pumps you up. Um, and he didn't look too muscular or whatever. He couldn't really tell. He's tall, apparently. Six feet tall, apparently. He's a pretty tall guy. Um, so that could also explain how he was able to, to do these killings on, you know, uh, you know, four high school students, four college students. Um, but, um, but one thing that's interesting, uh, to your point, David, and I want to play this, um, and David, thank you very much for the call and for your thoughts. Um, this is Judge Janine, who was on earlier tonight, and a number of news organizations are reporting this. The role of the FBI, which you just highlighted so brilliantly, David, um, because I do agree with you. I think Moscow police were totally out of their league. Um, and I think that they had to resort to clearly looking at DNA evidence because, sadly, because the killings were so brutal, there was probably a lot of DNA evidence. Apparently, there was a lot of blood in the home. You just have to separate what was the victims who lived there, what was the other blood that was there. Also, look in the car, there could have been fibers, blood, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, on clothing. There's a lot of things. And you that's why they're scouring every piece of everything in the home in Pennsylvania where he was busted, his parents' home, and also now in Pullman, Washington, also in that vehicle, too. They're scouring every inch of it. And, by the way, you can't get out, by the way, blood in a uh, car. You have to, like, basically use high-tech acid wash. Maybe he might have known that as a criminal, you know, expert and student. But maybe he did not. So they're usually it's very hard to get rid of those kind of traces. Um, but we'll see. But here is what Judge Janine said sort of helped break the case. And this is why the FBI did play a big role.
5: My sources are telling me that there is genealogical DNA that was established in this case that led the police to this particular uh, suspect. So although that was, according to my sources, who are very credible and reliable, the reason, the case that has been made clear is just beginning. And if you try murder cases, and especially murder cases that involve several victims, you understand that really the investigation begins now.
2: Yeah, the investigation begins now, which is why they put out the plea, saying whatever leads you have about this guy uh if you saw him, maybe you saw him buy a knife. Uh I mean there's so many things that could be out there. Uh let's go to Stan, line five. Stan, your thoughts about all this.
8: Very fascinating interesting case. This is unbelievable case, really. Columbo could come in on this one. But my thinking is this. One, he 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 doesn't have to do extradition. He can deny it, say, I don't want to be extradited. Right, and he they could have fight to do it. it in pennsylvania that's just uh, from the from the, his side that would be the smart thing to do if he gets a defense attorney although
2: although stan uh they could still force extradition um but well, then but he it takes fight it he
8: says he, yes yeah. he doesn't he have to agree to
2: it yeah no, uh, well he could either waive it or fight it so there are two ways usually he may end up in idaho regardless uh, but it would take a lot longer if he fights it, because then they have to have hearings. Is it appropriate to extradite him? A judge has to decide. There is going to be a hearing, by the way, next Tuesday afternoon, so it could yeah. happen as early as Tuesday. But if he waives it, then he'll be almost immediately, you know, within days in Idaho. But he could yeah. say, I want to be in Pennsylvania, and then they could fight it and say, well, the crime happened here. We're not going to give you favoritism, as a judge would have to decide. Usually in these cases... If somebody fights it, usually they end up where the prosecution wants them to be, but it takes just a lot longer. But, yeah, but to answer my, your question,
8: my thinking is this guy is no idiot. He first thing, remember, you heard the news coverage. they didn't say anything. They just talk, they weren't going to say anything. Well, they can't either because I mean, of Idaho. Know you that. know, I know that. But the point is, he his attorney, whoever it is, is watching what they're saying and so forth. So my guess is. This kid is not stupid. He's smart. He asked the question, did they get anybody else, and so forth. Based on the car, that's what they got, and the possibility of DNA. The DNA will kill him. That's the that's the nail in the car, if if it's under his fingernails. Remember, he had to have known one of these people, definitely.
2: That's what I was going to ask all. you. Do you? them all. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you believe oh, yeah. that he yeah. knew them or that he – now, here's – this is interesting. One of,
5: them, one of the girls.
2: The, the father, who he just played – was asked on one of the shows earlier tonight, um, had you heard this name before? And he said, Never. Not that he would know everybody that his, you know, that his daughter uh had run into, but he had never heard this name before, which also it sounds to me like police kind of put this together just in the last few days. Maybe this genealogy hit happened in the last few days, and then they see this guy's got a white uh, you know, Honda Elantra. Uh, he, he was going to school in the area. He fits the profile. They probably put other things together. The other thing, Stan, too, you talked about that he could have DNA on him. The victims could have his DNA on them, especially if they were fighting back. Under their fingernails, under, you know, there, that's, there could be some of his. He would have to explain, how did you get in the house? Did you know him? Did you do this? Did you, you know, I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can connect this guy. Um, and maybe he came upon them. Uh, David was just saying, reminding us all how like they were out at a food cart. Some of the others were out at a party. Some of the others were elsewhere. So maybe he came upon one of these groups. They all came home around the same time. Um, but maybe it came upon one of them and saw him and just was in his mind planning to do some crime and they happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time and he followed them back home. We don't know, uh, but we'll still find out a lot more details. Stan, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break in this very perplexing case. The good news is someone is behind bars. Is he the only one that you believe is tied to this case? How do you think they pieced it together? And what do you think is the motive? Why do you think he did this? Now that we're hearing he's a weird, odd duck, that's for sure. Uh, But they're going for premeditated murder, which means you have to show, of course, depravity. That's pretty easy because the crimes were just so horrible. But the premeditation, in other words, they have to prove that he went in with the intent to kill. So what do you think they have that they pinned this to them, that they could make it first degree and premeditation? How do you think they're piecing that together? And will they be able to make the case? Do you have confidence in these law enforcement? 1-800-848-9222.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. Oh, I could
7: lie, meet the way. Dr. Bluebird, as she sings, the six o'clock would
4: never end.
2: By the way, Davy Pushed Jones would have been 77 today of the monkeys. So a little bit of Davy Jones. You can never go wrong with a little bit of Davy Jones. We need some happy news because we're talking about some serious stuff here. Uh, now we are finding out this crazy guy who was studying criminology at a school about 10 miles away has been arrested for one of the most brutal murders in America in recent times. Uh, the four Idaho college students who were killed it looks like while they were asleep. And we got word today also that it looks like they were trying to fight off that there were defensive wounds. What do you think was behind this attack? Why do you think he did it? We still don't know the answers to that question. He's in Pennsylvania. The question is, will he try to fight extradition to Idaho? Maybe he's going to try to say, or his attorney. It makes me so sick when these attorneys step in and go, oh, well, he's insane. Guess what? He was sane enough to clearly bring a weapon into the house. They claim he burglarized the house. It was a felony burglary with the intent to kill, they stated. So in addition to the four murder counts, first-degree murder counts, they claim it is premeditated. So you put all those pieces together, that shows somebody who was calculated, planned. He also, if it is the guy, covered up everything. It wasn't like he turned himself in. He can't claim he had some, like, lapse in judgment or something like that. So I hope they don't start saying, oh, he's criminally insane and he's this, he's that, uh, and, you know, give the guy a break. Sorry, there should be no break for this monster. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Elliot, line two. Elliot, do you think this guy knew, uh, the people in the house? He knew of them and,
6: uh, he um, he knew them a while.
2: Why do you, why do you, why do you think that, Elliot?
9: I just have a feeling, uh, and then he, uh, he and he was and he was probably let in by them. I would have a feeling and, and he knew them, and maybe he you know, he was whacked out like in the classrooms and all that, but I think he acted alone, and uh, all these experts said it would take a long time, you know, I'm listening to a b c and make all of it, but the thing is he acted alone. And he was studying. He was traveling. Hey, listen, were they drinking in a bar? Did you say that?
2: Well, we know that they were out partying, and they the the medical examiner did not actually release the toxicologies because he thought it might bias the case. So clearly, they probably were drinking and partying. But you know, they're college students; they're allowed to be. Which is which they believe maybe is the reason that the two downstairs didn't hear anything, because you know, obviously, brutal that for two on the second floor two on the top floor were killed the ones downstairs were unscathed didn't hear anything um so that could explain maybe they had been out drinking like a lot of college students and you know i mean that's obviously allowed to do um let's go to let's go to marty in michigan line 6 marty your thoughts
3: i was just thinking about uh, ted bundy he went after college kids cuz they're so vulnerable
2: yeah, and remember, he cased out also. Um, you know, uh, women at a, like at a dorm too. Remember, there was that one case. A lot of right. people These are making. Last, yeah,
9: yeah. These last murders were an Yep, I'm losing
2: you, Marty. House. I'm I'm losing you, Marty. Thank you. Let's go to Larry uh, Line Eight in Brooklyn. Larry, your thoughts.
10: Okay, um, first of all, it's very easy to prove premeditation. All you have to do is have time to deliberate. And clearly, this guy had time to deliberate. And to backtrack from it. Now, as far as why he did it, I disagree with Judge Janine. I don't think this guy
2: is a sociopath. Larry, we're losing you. I heard you say you don't think he's a sociopath. I think he clearly is. The question is, why would you do it?
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: So the big question tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show, and I will continue, by the way, with your calls on the Idaho murder suspect, but George Santos is getting a lot of heat. And the big question is, will he be sworn in on Tuesday or won't he? Uh, because there's a lot of questions swirling around him tonight. And it's not just for embellishments. It's now questions about his campaign funds. And this could get really ugly for George Santos, who we don't even know if that's his real name. I mean, every time you turn around, it's some different lie. Like the school that he said he went to for college, that wasn't true. The prep school that he went to when he was younger, that's not true. He claimed that his mother had died on 9-11. That's not true. Uh, he claimed that he worked for Goldman Sachs. That's not true. So the list goes on and on and on. But lying is not A crime, unless you're testifying under oath or something like that. But in this case, lying to voters is not a crime. It should be, but it's not. But what is a crime is if campaign funds that were used were used inappropriately. And there's a lot of questions tonight that really kind of take it to the next level with George Santos in terms of the money that was spent, money that came in from campaign funds that would be only allocated to campaign staffers and people like that, that according to a number of different reports, he may have reaped the benefits of. One case in point, uh, $11,000 apparently from the George Santos campaign, and it shows that he apparently, according to a number of different groups, that he apparently – had used that money as opposed to saying it's for staffers. That's what it was listed under. That is an appropriate expense if it's for staff to use for like an office or working. So it's directly tied to the campaign. And apparently now neighbors are saying they saw Santos and his husband coming in and out of that home and that he was apparently living in that home. That would be a violation of campaign finance laws. You're not supposed to be using money that is for staff for your own enrichment. And then apparently he spent more than a $100,000 on restaurants, hotels, and flights, far outpacing all his other house winners at the same time combined. So is he just a spendaholic, or does it go much more nefarious than that? And is it now just so bad with this guy, with all the lies and all the questions? You uh, also got this arrest in Brazil that he says isn't him. Uh, but a number of people say, no, this is him. And in the meantime, you got the House GOP doesn't want to say anything about it because they don't want to offend Santos at this point. They need the vote, especially Kevin McCarthy needs the vote to be House Speaker, potentially, uh, which the vote is going to happen on Tuesday. But is it time for him to resign now that more of these details are coming in? And does it just look uglier and uglier and uglier? Uh And is there a big difference, clearly, between obviously someone who – lied all over the place, and I just think that's shameful enough. But now we're getting details that there's some serious questions about his campaign funds. And if it turns out that he illegally used campaign funds, which would fit with the behavior of somebody who embellishes every part of their life, uh, then he may be in really, really big-time trouble. And how did he also, how was he able to loan his campaign $700,000 when right around the same time he only made $55,000, according to his filings. So where do you see this going from here with George Santos? Do you think he's actually going to be sworn in on Tuesday? Do you think he's actually going to be able to serve a full two-year term? Already the Nassau County GOP, George Cairo, came out in the last few hours and basically said, that guess what we will not support him in 2024 if he wants to run again. He can't say anything about 2022. He was duly elected, but aren't you surprised? Uh, so far, there's been some protests, but if I was a voter in that county, I'd be like, heck no, I want my vote back. You know, this guy is not who he sold himself out to be, and I know that there are a lot of liars in Congress. Clearly, there are. It's almost like you know. It's almost like, hey, how do you know a politician's lying? He's moving his lips, right? There's a lot of them there in Washington, but this is so excessive and so over the top. So where do you see it going with George Santos? Isn't it enough enough? And is this just going to be death by a thousand cuts? Because like every single day, you're going to see some new development and it's just going to really taint the GOP. And is it going to be maybe, maybe, maybe McCarthy just kind of waits, right, to get maybe potentially elected a speaker. He doesn't for sure have the votes, but likely he will. Maybe he's just hoping he gets the votes and then maybe they can kind of get rid of Santos somehow afterwards, because at this point he is so toxic and every time he goes out and speaks, it's worse. How about this exchange earlier in the week when he was talking to Tulsi Gabbard, boy, she skewered and grilled him. Take a listen to this one.
1: What does the word integrity mean to you?
11: Well, Tulsi, thank you for having me. You know, um, so to answer your question, integrity is very important. And like I, I said to the New York Post, embellishing w- mean, was a mistake. What does it mean, though? What does it
1: mean? Because the, the meaning of well, the word actually matters in practice.
11: Of course. It it means to, to carry yourself in an honorable way. And I made a mistake. And I think humans are flawed, and we all make mistakes, Tulsi. Um, I think we can all look at ourselves in the mirror and admit that once in our life we made a mistake. I'm having to admit this in national television for the whole country to see. And I have the courage to do so because I believe that in order to move past this and move forward and be an effective member of Congress, I have to face my mistakes. And I'm
2: facing them. Is he really facing them? Give me a break every time somebody brings up, hey, here's this other one. Well, uh, have you noticed he kind of went down low in the last like two days? Because he keeps getting caught and lie after lie upon lie, lie. Is there anybody out there who feels sorry for him? I think he has a mental illness. I really do. I think he's got some sort of, I mean, one or two embellishments. You know, maybe he messed up on a year or a date or something like that. But this is like he's saying he went to a different school than he did. Remember, he said, oh, I thought my grandparents were Holocaust survivors. And then he said, no, I meant they were Jewish, not Jewish. I mean, this guy can't keep his story straight. And now he may not be able to keep his finances straight either. Here's a little bit more with Tulsi Gabbard and George Santos.
1: The thing is, Congressman-elect, uh, integrity means, yes, carrying yourself with honor, but it means it means telling the truth, being a person of integrity. Of and if I were one of those in New York's 3rd District right now, now that the election is over and I'm finding out all of these lies that you've told, not just one little lie or one little embellishment, these are blatant lies. My question is, do you have no shame? Do you have no shame in the people well, who are now you're asking to trust you to go and be their voice for them, their families and their kids in Washington?
11: Tulsi, I can say the same thing about the Democrats and, and the party. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been lying to the American people for 40 years. He's the president of the United States. Democrats resoundly support him. Do they have no shame?
2: So is that a fair analogy? Listen, Biden has definitely told some big stories. Remember the the corn pop story? I still wonder about that one. But is that a fair analogy? Isn't there something a little different about the lie upon lie upon lie? And clearly, the media is not going to let up. I mean, if you look at it, they are looking at all these details. And if he did do some campaign finance funny business, that should be exposed The question is, do you think he will still be sworn in? Do you think he's going to even make it through the two years, the way things are going? Uh, And listen to the way the Democrats talk about him. This is Congressman Richie Torres on MSNBC. George
3: Santos is a pathological liar who has defrauded the voters of New York State.
5: I mean, he has lied systematically about nearly every aspect of his life, his family heritage, his educational background, his employment history, his ties to historical events like the Holocaust or the Pulse Club massacre, and the breadth and depth of his deception is simply staggering. It's unprecedented.
2: It is really stunning, and I do agree with Richie Torres on that. I just find it so unseemly that he keeps getting caught in lie upon lie, and now the feds are looking at him. You also have two district attorneys, Nassau County, Queens, also, and also the Attorney General of New York. They are on his tail. So I think this looks really bad. I don't think he's going to make it two years. That's my prediction tonight. 1-800-848-9222. one 800 Meantime, I want to finish up with your calls. We were talking in the last hour about the Idaho suspect, Brian Koberger. Uh, this is the guy who has now been arrested uh for the four brutal murders, first-degree murder, Uh, In the case of those Idaho college students, still so many unanswered questions. Did he do it alone? Was there a motive? We don't know. Uh, Let's go to Michael in Pennsylvania because, Michael, you know, he got busted in Pennsylvania at his parents' home. Uh, What do you think about this case?
9: Oh, I believe that this guy is definitely guilty because he wouldn't run from his state where he was in Idaho to Pennsylvania uh, to try and get away. And uh, basically, the Pennsylvania State Police are amazing at catching criminals like that, and uh, they will get you no matter how hard and how long. It's Monroe County. It's here in Pennsylvania, right across from the river from New Jersey, and uh, you know they did a great job. Unfortunately, in the in the media, they're also tight lipped about saying anything about it. So they want to protect the case. They're not talking about it, and I watched the. TV show at WNEP at four o'clock and they were on on the air and it was live and everything. And I understand they caught him and everything, but they can't say anything about him. But liars are liars. And even if the guy had a chance to speak, he would just tell a lie. Yeah. Did
2: you hear well, what he said? Did He said when he got arrested, um, did you get anybody else? Like, what, what do you make of why he was saying that, Michael?
9: I'm trying to throw the blame off of him. Obviously, he's a he's a criminal. He's a killer. Yeah, and, a, and, and know, I think I suppose,
2: pathological, too.
9: Yes, definitely a pathological k- killer. And you don't you want to kill four people, those beautiful college students, for no reason. It's sick. I mean, this guy is a murderer, and that's what they got to do to murders. I told this other guy um, from another country I was speaking to today. I said, he's, he's from India, okay? And I said, guess what? We don't like killers here in PA. This is why you know, we, we don't we don't like killers. And he goes, in my country, uh, I said, I don't like, we don't like killers in Pennsylvania. he goes, in my country, we don't like killers either. But it wouldn't have gotten this far. And I, I understood what he was talking about.
2: What do you he said, mean by I that? Like, what do you mean by that?
9: Well, basically, if they caught him, they would have killed him on the spot. They wouldn't have had to wait in trial and go through courts and go through – lawyers and all that
2: and and by the way this may drag out also by the way michael to your point about how this you know this guy if he's indeed you know the guy and it looks like you know i believe that they probably feel they got a really strong case but they're also looking for leads he's in pennsylvania by the way we were looking because idaho has a death penalty um there was a moratorium in pennsylvania except for capital cases and this would be a capital case Uh, given the severity and the depravity and, and just the gruesomeness of this crime and also four, four counts of first degree murder. Um, but we were trying to figure out, will he fight it? He might fight it because if his parents live in Pennsylvania where you are, Michael, he may say, you know, I want to, um, I want to stay there. I want to be near my folks. I don't want to go to Idaho. You know, uh, who knows where this is going to lead, but he might fight this and he might fight this tooth and nail. You know, he might think he's smarter than the next person. You know, sometimes these people, especially the criminal mind in this guy's case, he might think, oh, I can beat it. I can do this. I can, you know, he might try to think of, like, how he can say, well, no, uh, my DNA happened to show up there because of blank. I mean, who knows what's going on in his mind. He was clearly hanging out in plain sight, and he was with that vehicle, that white vehicle that everybody was looking for. Here he is with that white vehicle uh, and they believe it's probably the same one. They'll find out soon, but I don't believe in coincidences. And there he is hanging out with his parents too. So lots of questions. Let's real quick go to Rick in New Jersey. Uh, line three. Rick, your thoughts real quick.
5: Hello, Hello beautiful Rita.
2: Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Uh,
5: how was your Christmas?
2: It was good. It was good. And I'm getting ready for New Year's and, and I'm happy that this case, Rick, by the way, thank goodness, uh, looks like it's coming together for the families and, and everybody there in Idaho. It's so heartbreaking.
9: Yeah, I hope they got the guy. I hope he's the only one. Um, I have a question. Does anybody consider the fact that um, he's a vegan and he might be one of these nutty green people who thinks the world is coming to an end because of global warming? I also want to mention Sam Bankman was a vegan. I also want to mention the guy that attacked Paul Pelosi was a a vegan greeny kind of guy.
2: Wait, wait, are you trying to say that? You're trying to say there's something like if you don't have meat, you go crazy? Is that what you're no, trying what I, to say?
9: No, what I'm saying is when you go to school for 12 years or for 16 years, and every day they tell you the world is coming to an end, and it's your mommy and daddy's fault because they drove an SUV, isn't that child abuse?
2: but but you know what it, it uh, it's interesting you talk about sort of the left philosophy we don't we don't know i mean i know some conservatives who are vegan who do it for health reasons we don't know what this guy's politics are uh clearly from what we're heard so far he sort of seems like kept to himself we haven't heard anything about a girlfriend or no girlfriend um i mean there's a lot of questions tonight but who knows if if any of that sort of created this uh This, uh, victimhood, if you will. Um, he clearly had rage because that, that's the other thing, Rick, too, is this story that just came out recently that a friend of his from high school, a former friend said, you know, that he used to be nice and he was kind of overweight. And then he came back after a summer and was like a whole different person and was like mean and nasty and bullyish, lost all this weight, took up boxing. Uh, sort of like went on, like became a very like offense, like uh, went on the offense against people left and right and like provoking fights and, and angry. So there's clearly some psychological things. Uh, we don't know. We do know he has a public defender. And, uh, boy, I hope that they have an airtight case against this guy. And I hope they throw the book at this guy. Rick, thanks so much. When we come back, everybody, we're going to be talking about George Santos. Do you think the book is going to get thrown at him? Because if you look at some of the new numbers and new information coming out there, there's a lot of questions about his finances that just don't seem to add up. Did he just get super lucky where he was making $55,000 a year one year and then he was able to lend his campaign $700,000? Um, there's something, there's some big questions about this guy. Do you think he deserves to be in Congress, and should he be sworn in on Tuesday, or should there be something that would hold it up and delay it until there's a thorough vetting? Because it seems like every day there's a bigger surprise with this one. 1-800-848-9222, and you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
0: It's The Rita Cosby Show.
2: Santos may be bringing down a lot of people in the Republican Party because he's certainly tainting it with his lie upon lie. By the way, Jeff Lynn of ELO, it is his birthday today. It's a big birthday day for lots of celebrities. Well, George Santos continues on his apology tour. Remember, a few days ago, he was on Cats at Night on WABC, and this is what he had to say. He said, you know what, I embellish, but I'm not a, a con.
10: I'm not a criminal, not here, not abroad, in any jurisdiction in the world have I ever committed any crimes. To get down to the nitty-gritty, I'm not a fraud. I'm not a a criminal who defrauded the entire country and made up this fictional character and ran for Congress. I've been around a long time. I mean, a lot of people know me. They know who I am. They've done business dealings with me.
2: Yeah, but did they really know him? Because of all the things that he lied about. And now we're finding out that there was apparently, according to a whole bunch of reports, uh, that he was charged with embezzlement in Brazil and skipped the country. So James Comer, who is on the head of the oversight committee, he'll be head of it when they take over the House on Tuesday, said, you know what, there definitely should be a lot of things looking into this guy.
11: But I'm pretty confident the ethics committee... Uh, will launch an investigation into Santos. I read in the paper that he's already uh, under investigation pertaining to some of his campaign finances. So uh, I'm pretty confident he's going to be investigated by the proper.
2: Well, will he be investigated? I think he will be six ways to Sunday. Because if the Ethics Committee investigates him, that would be like the fifth group that's investigating. The feds are, local DAs are, also the New York Attorney General. Where do you see this going? Let's go to Jennifer Line two in Boston, uh, Jen, it's amazing how many lies this guy has told.
6: It is, and no reader, I think he shouldn't get sworn in. But I do have to say, and I did say this to Dominic, um, I, I'm so disheartened that everybody's hair is on fire of a one guy. How this guy is a specialty class. If you look back at the AP article that um, was done on Biden after he had had a confrontation with uh uh, somebody that had gone out to one of his meetings in uh, Claremont, New Hampshire. Look back, Rita, at the litany of lies that Joe Biden told, whether it was about that he got a full scholarship to school, but it was really only $800, whether he finished in the top of his law school class, he was at the very end uh, of his law school class, not at the top of his class. And I mean, what about the fact that his wife and daughter were killed by a drunk driver, Rita? For the love of God, he put this mean in life through hell. His wife sadly ran a stop sign, Joe Biden's wife, in the car that she crashed into. He tried to say that the man was a drunk driver. What about also,
2: uh, Jen? And, Jen, I'm going to hold you over if you can stay with us, because I'd love to talk with you more after the break. But he also reminded me of, remember, he said that his son, Bo, died in Iraq. His son, Bo, didn't die in Iraq. Um, His son, Bo, died at home of cancer. Also, he also said, remember, that he was arrested Uh, going to see Nelson Mandela, and that never happened. So you're right, there's a litany there. But is Santos worse?
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
2: And in tonight's support our hero segment where we honor our great military and their families, a really powerful story coming from Burnsville, North Carolina, where Lieutenant General Walter Gaskin, who's secretary of the North Carolina Department of Military and Veterans Affairs, honored this week North Carolina World War II veteran Pearson Riddle of Burnsville, North Carolina, with three medals recognizing his dedication and heroic service 77 years after he was released from Japan as a prisoner of war. During a ceremony in his hometown of Burnsville, North Carolina, Secretary Gaskin presented 101 years old riddle, with the Asiatic Pacific Campaign Medal, the World War II Victory Medal, and the American Campaign Medal. Mr. Riddle's family was also present for this powerful ceremony. And Gaskin said, When I learned of Mr. Riddle's heroic service to our country and the entire world, one medal or a thousand medals would not be enough to ever repay him for the sacrifices he has made. Riddle, by the way, is the last surviving member of the Battle of Wake Island, He was a member of the Civilian Conservation Corps assigned to Wake Island in the Pacific to build air bases and help with other defense projects, including hauling sandbags and water for gun replacements. Riddle was among the civilian contractors and U.S. Marines who were captured on December twenty-third, 1941, when Japanese forces overtook Wake Island. They stripped him and the other POWs, forced them to march miles and only underwear and shoes and stay in the barracks on the island until February 1942 when they were shipped to a labor camp in China. Riddle spent 19 months leveling the land and carrying rocks from sunup to sundown. He describes being forced to live in lice, flee, flee. And also bed bug infested bedding and clothing, only receiving a cup of gruel daily and receiving and witnessing relentless beatings and punishments to his fellow POWs, having his hands and feet frozen. In 1943, the Japanese military shipped him to Kobe, Japan, and then later to Kawasaki near Tokyo, Japan, where he worked in a steel mill Until March 1945, then Riddle was sent to northern Japan to work in an open mine. And in September 1945, Riddle and the other POWs were finally released and returned to the United States. What a powerful story of survival and how beautiful that at age 101, this man, this incredible hero, Pearson Riddle, World War II hero, was able to be there, be recognized in North Carolina and his family to see it as well. Thank you, Mr. Riddle, for your incredible service and also for your family's service, a true American hero. Well, we are talking about someone who certainly isn't a hero in my mind, and that is George Santos, because, boy, I think the guy is pathetic. I think his lies are horrible, um, I think there's a lot of people in Congress who have lied, but I think he takes the doozy. He gets the gold medal for lying, because I've never seen anybody lie this much. Granted, we think about Blumenthal. Remember Richard Blumenthal in Connecticut? The senator said he was in Vietnam fighting. He wasn't in Vietnam fighting. He was in the military, in the Marine Corps, but he wasn't actually in Vietnam fighting. There's a big difference. And then also you think about Elizabeth Warren, who said she had... You know, Cherokee Indian, which wasn't the case, even a DNA test excluded it. So there's liars in Congress, but are his lies much worse than the average liar? How's that for an equivalent? Well, take a listen. Here he is getting grilled by Tulsi Gabbard. Earlier this week, she found his lies just despicable.
1: The results that people are looking for are called into question when you tell... Blatant lies, not embellishments. And this is this is, I think, one of the biggest concerns, Congressman-elect, is that you don't really seem to be taking this seriously. You've apologized. You said you've made mistakes, but you've outright lied. A lie is not an embellishment on a resume. You said you worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, but they've said we've got no record of this guy working for us. You've said you've gone to and graduated from these universities, but they've said, well, we've got no record of that. These are blatant lies, and it calls into question how your constituents and the American people can believe anything that you may say when you are standing on the floor of the House of Representatives, supposedly fighting for them. That's the real issue here.
11: Well, look, I, and I, I agree with what you're saying. And as I stated, and I continue, we can debate my my resume and how I worked with firms such as is Goldman. Is it and debatable or is it just
1: debatable. false? I, no, it's debatable. Is it just false?
11: No. No, it's not false at all. It's, it's debatable. I can, I can sit down and explain to you what you can do in private equity, in, in capital intro, via servicing limited partners and general partners. And we can have this discussion that's going to go way above the American people's head. But that's not what I campaigned on. I campaigned on delivering results wow. for the American people by, by lowering inflation. I can sit down. and If you want to have that discussion, I'd be glad to, Tulsi, to explain that to you C- and make sure that we, we, we settle the score.
2: Yeah, I could just kind of say no big deal, but I ran on fighting crime, which, by the way, I do like his platform on fighting crime. And I like the fact that he's angry at all the bail reform stuff that's going on and the easy on criminal revolving door stuff. Yeah, but that doesn't excuse the like 30 lies we've caught him in already. And it's only been a matter of days. Here's a little bit more of Santos with Tulsi Gabbard, who clearly took exception to what he just said when he said, we can talk about it, but it's basically over the head of my constituents, like he's smarter than everybody else. He's also, it seems like, to be a bigger liar than everybody
1: else, too. I think you just you just kind of highlighted, I think, my concern, the concern that people at home have. You're saying that this discussion will go way above the heads of the American people, basically insulting their intelligence. So not only are you now that's backtracking not, on not these what lies saying. that I, you've told, but, but, told but you're see, saying that th- you can't explain it saying. in a way that your constituents would actually be able to understand. I can explain it in a way. If, that you, give me, if you give me the
11: time, I can easily give the. Uh, if you give me the time, I can easily explain it for you. As as in when investors are looking for capital, and I'm sitting there doing due diligence on the deci- on the appetite and what they're looking for right? And we work alongside GPs and LPs to help them place this capital. This is what I was doing, and that's when I worked extensively with these firms and many other firms at my time as I was v- vice president of Linkbridge Investors. So this isn't a, a made-up narrative, but I feel like nobody really wants to sit down and talk about it. Everybody just wants to push me and call me a liar. Look, well, co- I Congressman embellished my Alex resume. Santos. I did.
1: Congressman Alex Santos, we, we've given you a lot of time, I think, the time that is owed is to the people of New York's third. Uh It's hard to imagine how they could possibly trust your explanations when you're not really even willing to admit the depth of your deception.
2: Yeah, he sure doesn't seem apologetic. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I made a few lies. No, they're not like little lies. It's like, you know which school you went to. Uh You know if your mother died on nine eleven or not. You know if you're Jewish or not, you know, unless uh, like – You know, unless there's some new DNA test that got discovered. But that didn't help Elizabeth Warren. Remember that one, too. But, boy, these are big whoppers. How? And don't you think? I think there's a lot more shoes to drop in this guy's case. I think we've just hit the tip of the iceberg. Because if you're going to lie about all these things and he doesn't seem to think it's a big deal, makes you wonder what else is out there. And here is political commentator Mark Rudolph. He was on Newsmax. This is what he said. He said that he kind of equated a little bit, and I'm going to get back to Jennifer in a second, who I was talking to on the phone here, but he kind of equated it a little bit to Biden. But, you know, and listen, I'm no fan of Biden, and boy, is that guy fumbling and bumbling. But this, I think, is a bit worse. But take a listen.
7: He's the latest liar on the stage. He's a young version of Joe Biden. The thing is, is that he has an R after his name. If he were to have a D after his name, nobody would care.
2: Oh, I think if there was a d after his name, I think people would care. You know, I think the Republicans would go full throttle after them, especially now that they're taking the house and I think they should care it shouldn't matter if it's a Republican or Democrat a liar's a liar doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 let's go back to jen uh Jen sorry I had to we had a break there for the commercial, but you were saying, do you believe, and you and I were recounting, Jen, all these different, you know, fibs that Biden has done. By the way, he also plagiarized, too, Jen. Remember back in the 80s, that whole thing, too. That was that what failed his first uh, presidential race. But yeah. um, is it is it different? Is it worse? How do you compare the two?
6: Uh, I think Biden's is so so worse. Do you want to know why, Rita? What power right now does Santos have? And even if he gets voted in, if you know what I mean, if he's allowed to go through, Nobody one of what, almost 500, one of oh, about 214 Republicans. Biden is the leader of the free world. When he stood on the stage and he lied about his son's laptop, which incriminated not just Hunter Biden, let's be very clear, Joe Biden and Joe Biden's brother were incriminated on that laptop and huge financial dealings with the Chinese Communist Party, with Russia, uh, with Ukraine. I, it's so infuriating to me that people uh, – he, tra- he said to Trump, oh, that's been disproved, that's been debunked, all these experts have come out and said that. He knew at the time, reader, that that was not true. He knew that was his son's laptop. There was no Russian disinformation. When he took – more importantly, perhaps, when he took a vow to uphold the Constitution of the United States, he blatantly lied when he said he well, because he was allowing an invasion of this country.
2: And Jen, Jen, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And and I also the House now that it's going to be in GOP hands, they say one of their top priorities in addition to border boy, they got their hands full COVID origins uh the withdrawal of Afghanistan is also Hunter Biden, too. And I think they do need to look into it. I agree with you. He clearly when he was up on that, uh, the debate stage and remember, poor Trump couldn't get a word in edgewise uh, because the moderator kept cutting him off. And Trump is like, what about Hunter? What about Hunter? And remember, and and the FBI already had the laptop. They knew it was legit. Uh, Biden, you know, darn well knew about it. And he said, what laptop? That's Russian disinformation, blah, blah, blah. So you are 1000 percent right. And I hope to God that the Republicans have a cojones and go in and really investigate uh, the Biden family and find out if indeed all this money that Hunter was going went to the big guy and went to this and did that. It all needs to be looked into one thousand percent. But on its face right now, you think that because Santos is a small fish, uh, that what he should just uh, skate under under the radar. Is that your thoughts? No, no. Like I said, I don't think he should be sworn in. I don't know that they have a
6: new election, whatever they do. That's fine. He lied. Liar, liar. He lied. He's just a blatant liar. But look at Elon Omar. Look what she did. She she lied that, about the fact that she hadn't married her brother to get him. She committed immigration fraud. Oh yeah. By
2: the, and by the way, you're right that those people have gotten free passes. That needs to be looked at big time, big, 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 big time. Uh, you brought up. I, I mean, look. I hope the Republicans look into it and get answers once and for all on all these things because I agree with you. A liar's a liar. It doesn't matter what party. Uh, Jan, thank you very very much. Uh, Let's go to John, line seven. John, your thoughts about this?
7: Rita, I'm a Republican, and I think we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Under no circumstances should Santos be sworn in. Not only that, I don't don't know what to believe with him.
2: Yeah, I don't know either. That's why I say to you, I don't even know if his real name is Santos. I mean, I'm not even kidding, because... You know, he claims that he wasn't arrested, uh, anywhere. He's not a criminal. And then yet there are these reports that in Brazil, um, that he was arrested for embezzlement and skipped the country when he was supposed to appear for court. That's according to multiple reports. Now, now like, you know, it's like so far almost every important aspect of his life is a lie. We know that part at least, you know, in terms of like the school and the mother and his faith and, I mean, like, I feel so bad for the people who voted him in because they got a bill of goods. The thing is, John, I think he will be sworn in because technically unless he gets charged with some sort of crime or something like that prior to and unless Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans decide they could potentially do something to delay it. But they won't uh, because they need his vote. It's such a slim majority. So they're going to kind of let it ride. I think he's going to be there, and I think he's going to be an enormous distraction. I think more is coming out, don't you? I mean, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg, this kind of personality.
7: Here's here's what I, I told your call screener, and I've also mentioned this on Dominic's program. We don't even know if he's an American. Was he actually born in Queens? If he wasn't born in Queens, then where? In Brazil? But here's the problem. His parents are not American citizens. So if they were not American citizens when he was born, then he has, uh, unless he uh, was able to naturalize his citizenship, he has no legal right to serve in in Congress. Period.
2: Well, that by the way, and we don't know that, but but your point is an interesting one. There may be a whole bunch of stuff. Maybe his name is uh, George Santanosa from Brazil. You know, we don't know. We don't know, guys. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, but you bring up some powerful points, John. I wouldn't trust anything at this point. 1-800-848-9222, and I'll continue with your calls after the break, guys.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: It is up to you, New York voters. Should he stay or should he go? I'm telling you, George Santos, there's a lot of question marks. And boy, he sounds like a little crocodile tears. This was him earlier in the week with John Katsimatidis on Cats at Night. Take a listen. Here he is. Beginning his apology tour. Anything
0: else you want to tell uh, all Americans, all New Yorkers?
2: I think it's simple. Uh,
10: I think I thank all of the people who have been reaching out and stuck by me this entire time. In in these times is when you really know who has your back. And I have had an immense amount of support, and I really want to thank each and every person. And I want to make sure that if I disappointed anyone by resume embellishments, I'm sorry. And I will deliver to you on everything I campaigned on because it's still the same guy, still the same message, still the same priorities. God bless the United States and God bless all of you. And thank you, John, for having me here.
2: Is he really the same guy? Doesn't sound like the same guy voters voted for. Wow. Oh, he's got this record. Oh, his parents are Holocaust survivors. Oh, this, oh, that. Wrong, 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 wrong. That's a little more than resume embellishment. 1-800-848-9222. And he may be in big campaign finance issues because that is indeed what the feds are looking at. Also, the district attorneys are Republican, by the way, and Donnelly in Nassau County. Uh, they're not looking into it because of resume embellishment. They're looking into it for more serious things. And there, I think, there's a lot more shoes to drop in this case. Let's go to Tom, line two. Tom, your thoughts about George Santos.
8: Yeah. I, I, I just say this. The guy, the guy is a real fibber McGee. He used to be that old uh, uh, radio
9: program comedy hey, he, that would tell fairy tales. Yeah, stories. exactly. So, so, so,
2: but do you, now, should he get sworn in or not, Tom? What do you think?
8: Well, with all the lies he's told, he probably doesn't even stand up for his platform either.
2: By the the way, Tom, that's a great point. How can we trust that even what he said he believes in? You know, it sounds like he believed his own lies about his resume. How can we trust that he's going to stand up for fighting against criminals and crime and, you know, and a lot of the things that he was campaigning on? How can we trust that? That's a great point. Let's go to Steve, line three. Steve, your thoughts.
9: Yes, I think I speak for a lot of people who are disillusioned by the low water watermark in, in political ethics. Now, what I'm going to say, um, first of all, I don't think it can come about because Congress will never approve of it. And I don't believe in general in capital punishment, but I think we should have a national plebiscite, a gra- grassroots movement, To uh, have capital punishment for any person running for political office, which is a, a position of trust, who lies in the process of running for the office or getting elected.
2: Wow, Steve, you are hardcore capital punishment. You know, I'd love to at least starting out, I'd love to like dunk him, you know, like one of those things at the, uh, you know, at the fair where every time you tell a lie, you throw the ball and they get dunked in the water thing. He'd be like soaking wet. He'd just have to sit there all day long. He lied about this. He lied about that. Uh, I don't think they'll ever get to capital punishment. But uh, but I but I am angry about the lies. Uh, Let's go to Henry. Line one. Henry, your thoughts about George Santos.
7: Uh, Hi, Rita. Uh, I think. uh, your listeners are very, very ignorant about how... Why is that? Wait a minute. Why are
2: you insulting the listeners? But go ahead.
7: Uh, because lying is not a part of the uh, election uh, criteria. And- well, uh,
2: but, but hang on, though, Henry. It should be. Don't you think integrity matters?
7: Yes. So where is the integrity of the news media in finding
2: these things out. Oh, wait a minute, Henry. You cannot blame it on the media. Um, By the way, I mean, it is surprising that the media didn't uncover something. It's surprising Robert Zimmerman, who ran against him, didn't uncover it in, like, opposition research. But it's his responsibility to be honest, you know? I mean, it's not somebody else's responsibility to uncover it. You would think that he would be honest and genuine, so, so, what's your point? You think he deserves to be sworn in that it's not that bad?
7: The media is the one that uncovered it, except it's the media that you don't like. It's the media called the New York Times
2: Well, now, but now all yes. other Henry, the problem is other media have reported it. Yes, New York Times did break it, but other media have too, and he's admitted it. I mean, that's the other thing. He's admitted that he's embellished his resume, uh, cause he got caught red-handed. So he's admitted it. So it's not up for debate. What is up for debate is could there be potentially criminal charges? You're right that, uh, lying sadly isn't, uh, you know, illegal for a politician. If that were the case, there'd probably be an empty hall in Congress. But if you look at if it turns out to be campaign finance violations, which they are looking at now, that that's criminal. That's serious stuff. So uh, it may go further. We'll see, though. We'll see. Uh, let's go to Sonny, line eight. Sonny, your thoughts real quick.
9: Yeah, how are you doing, Rita? Uh, great show tonight, I have to say. Uh, you know, uh, I think he, you know, he was on the apology tour, uh, George Santos, uh, only because he got caught. Otherwise, you would never hear from this guy. He would go straight in. But everything he did, probably a long history, a long uh, laundry list of lies. This all falls on integrity. The man's a fraud, and he shouldn't be near Congress, near the Senate, near anything. And I'm surprised they don't have like an investigation body where they go and, and they do a complete. That's what I used to do when I was in the military. I went up. Uh, I would do top secret clearances for the officers. So we we they spend a lot of money in this because they don't want to take any chances of anything going on with, uh, you know, when, when you're in that position, which is a very high position, they have a lot of access.
2: And to you know what, you Congress, know, Sonny, you bring up an interesting point. I wonder if after this, uh, if there is some sort of office that gets set up just to vet people at least a little bit uh, before they run, because this is such an embarrassment. Um, let me go real quick to Jimmy. Uh, on line six, Jimmy, go ahead, my friend. This guy was
8: such a blatant liar. He was probably well-known. Brazil probably contacted U.S. intelligence. I think, and I don't know, but I think that this was known, but they wanted him to be elected and then break the story, because then this makes the Republicans look like they're liars, like the, the Republicans.
2: The well, FBI and by the, by the way, Jim, it does make uh, Republicans look bad. It makes all politicians look bad. Everybody, Happy New Year, and I'll talk to you in 2023.